0: My name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Good morning. Good Good to see y'all. My name's Brett and I am one of the pastors around here and we are in the second week on a series that I need. I'm not sure about you, Um, but you are coming along for the ride that I'm on. Sorry about that. Um, This is a series on patience, Um, which is, as I was digging into it, um, because I was hearing some some people talk about it outside of my usual stream, and I had this moment of like, I, I've never not only taught on patience, I've, I've never heard a teaching on it, e- ever. And so I don't know if I'm just missing out, or if it's uh, something that is uniquely absent from our kind of tribe and stream in Christianity, and so we wanted to take a little bit um, there. And apparently, by the way, I think it's worth saying. I, I noticed I hit a nerve because I have heard from half of you. I think um, over the, over the last week, voicemails, emails, text messages, good stuff. Thank you. Um, and uh, anyway, so let, let's just let's just keep going. There's more about patience in our scripture than I realized. I opened up last week with um, I just put. Plucked uh, three random verses and got three more um, to get going this morning. Proverbs 14. Whoever is patient has great understanding. Is that you today? But one who is quick-tempered displays folly or is foolish. Same, same word there. Romans uh, 5, 1. We who are powerful need to be patient with the weakness of those who don't have power and not please ourselves. When was the last time you heard someone talk like that? My power, my influence is not to make me feel good. It is to be patient with the weak. Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, These these are words, this is an attitude um, that we are so starved for. And when you get a taste of it, when you're around someone who's got it, It's like water to a thirsty soul, you know, and and I do not have it so much of the time. A few weeks ago, we were in a parking lot with my family trying to make our way out of the parking lot, and I won't name the business that this parking lot serves, and we make a turn in the parking lot, and we end up behind this white Lincoln that is on a mission from God to drive me insane. Because they can't find the gas pedal. In fact, I I don't think the car um, can idle this slow. Like, I I think they must be riding the brake. And like, there's nothing nothing here, man. It's all right. You're free. You're free. You got a driver's license for this very purpose. Let's go. And in my car, um, so that I don't look crazy to the people outside the car, but my family inside the car hears me literally screaming under my breath, Ah! like I'm going feet first through a cheese grater, and, and I am like psychologically, psychologically trying to push forward this white Lincoln, are you here by the way, you, you can repent today, today is the day that you can, and, and I'm trying to like go forward, um, and now I'm preaching on patience, so I'm a work in progress, how are you? It's um, it's a fine idea, and we want other people to have it with us. Oh, we, I love it! It's so good for my soul when other people have it with us. When people have it with me, but when it's required of me, oh my gosh, it can be a real challenge sometimes. Um, the Apostle Paul's writing to a church in Thessalonica, a young church. And uh, he's wrapping up his letter. I think it's worth noting that most of the time, not all the time, in the New Testament, when patience comes up, it is towards the end of a letter to a church. I wonder, just, just hypothesizing, I wonder if there's all of this talk about Jesus and the cross and theology and how we're supposed to treat each other and live in community and deal with the challenges of that and how we're supposed to love one another. And at the end, if there's a little bit of like, and remember to be patient with this. Because if we can't be patient, none of this other stuff is really going to matter. Um, and in chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, verse 14, we urge you... Brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, that's one group, and disruptive, second group. Encourage the disheartened, third. Help the weak, fourth group. Be patient with everyone. Now, I love, like I said, I love the idea of patience. You want to talk about patience in the abstract. I'm all for it. I mean, like, let's let's sit down and chat. I love to talk. Talking's my favorite. I get paid to talk. But then he doesn't just say be patient, because I would kind of be okay with that. He has the nerve to tack on with everyone. What a jerk. With everyone, have you met everyone? Like the, you know, the, the sweet old lady, great. The person who's never offended me, wonderful. The person who gets me what I want, when I want, awesome. Everyone, you're joking, right? And, and here, here's, here's the thing. He has he has these different groups. That I, I want to dive into kind of through the through the message a little bit. Um, warn those who are idle, people who are disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. What's interesting when he's talking about patience, um, maybe what we could assume is that that means that we just shouldn't care. That it's the release of caring. That we just accept things as they are and everything's fine. That it's this entirely passive um excuse me kind of thing and uh, I might choke on stage if I is there someone who can give me CPR if needed good thank you um rely, you're a little far away Courtney but I, <laughs> okay um but here, here's here's the thing if we could talk about people and by the way I scoured the church for figurines that I could use and they were all extraordinarily creepy so I made these out of a block of wood and masking tape and a sharpie you're welcome Here's the thing. What we're talking about with patients is that there is someone that we wish that somebody was. And then there is this reality of who they actually are. And often, we look at people who were here and we want them to be here. And the question that is bouncing around in our brain, maybe even coming out of our mouth, is why aren't you different? Why aren't you different? You're supposed to be different. Don't you know you're supposed to be different? Maybe you're talking to your three-year-old who's trying to get their socks on, and they are not moving fast. Maybe you're thinking about your relative that just knows how to push your buttons. Or, or maybe we're talking about somebody that um, that we care deeply about, um, but their life isn't moving in the direction that we want it to. And this this spectrum, this why aren't you different spectrum, this is where we wish you were, and this is where you are, um, can have this can have this massive spectrum all the way from just like sheer annoyance and selfish pride, like me screaming in a parking lot like an idiot, right? Um, all the way to someone that we love that is ruining their lives. And it is so hard to watch. And we just wonder, why aren't you different? You should be different, you know. And and here, here's the thing: we could solve this problem by, by saying where you are is perfectly fine. Where you are is fine. You don't need to be anywhere different. That we can just accept you where you are and resolve it that way. And and that's not patience because there's nothing to be patient for. There's nothing to be patient for. There's no hope for anything. There's no expectation of anything. It's just saying where you're at is perfectly fine. If you want to change, let me know. I'm here to back you up. Or we could say maybe on the other end of the spectrum that we believe that someone has arrived. That they have they have nothing to change because they've achieved it all. They've kind of climbed the mountain. And in in this way, there is no patience either. Patience is created in a tension between who someone should be and who they are today. This is where patience is required. Maybe another way to say that is no tension, no patience. Patience is only present when there's tension between who we wish someone was and who they are. Or or maybe, maybe we could talk about it this way. Patience is about the gaps. It is about the gaps. And living here can be so hard. It can expose either my own selfish, why doesn't the world revolve around me, I am trying to get to Fazoli's faster kind of life. Or it can be in the tension of a challenging relationship with someone that we dearly love. And the tension, the gap, can be so hard to live in. And if we can't figure this out, man, it's, it, it can be destructive. Here, here's the thing, impatience um, can be like, it can create just suppressed anger, but impatience can also strain relationships um, over and over and over again. And in extreme cases, impatience can lead to outright moral failure. If someone says, I think I should have that and I'm not waiting, I'm going to get it now. Or I want to say that, I'm not waiting, I'm just going to say it now. Or I want to act like this, I'm not waiting, I'm just going to act like it now. You know people that have ruined their lives because they weren't able to be patient, don't you? More than that though, I think we see that patience is revealed in the character of God over and over again. And over again, he is a patient God, and we're trying to catch up with him. Short side rant. Hang on just a second. Often, people come to church, and without meaning to, what's going on is they're trying to live off of the spirituality of somebody else. That that's the experience that feels good. Is there somebody that knows something, feels something, is passionate about something, and it feels good to watch that person be passionate or knowledgeable or inspirational or whatever about something, and then we go home, much like if I watch like an ad- a show with a lot of adventure, and then I can turn it off and feel a little more adventurous, even though i 'm not doing anything adventurous in my own life, right And church can kind of supply that kind of spirituality. For folks but here 's the thing that is not why we 're here it 's not why you 're here it 's so much better than that. We are here to be transformed into the image of Jesus, and amazingly he 's patient, but even God struggles with patience sometimes because this is hard let me let me read a, a section of scripture that doesn 't get preached on much. it is in numbers fourteen your favorite chapter of the Bible anybody got a tattoo that says Numbers 14 on it yeah no And um, and just heads up, if this this passage is incredibly challenging to your theology, it's not the only story like this in Scripture. Also read Exodus 32, for example. But God has rescued a people called Israel from underneath slavery in Egypt. Um, There's been miraculous signs, plagues uh, against the Egyptians, uh, parting the Red Sea, leading people through it, leading them by uh, a, a pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, making covenant with them on Mount Sinai, feeding them miraculously every day with manna from heaven I mean this is a major deal and they get up to the promised land and the people go nope don't want it not good enough parents have you ever gotten your kid your kid a gift and they were like I don't like it doesn't that make you want to commit a crime (laughs) right like I am burning the Christmas present in the front yard and smiling, right? And, you know, and, and so God, God is he's dealing with a grumpy people. Um, Moses and Aaron are talking to them uh, about um, this situation, this refusal to go into the promised land. Um, verse 10. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them, Moses and Aaron. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I've performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, and I will make you into a a nation greater and stronger than they. This is that moment when dad looks at mom. They're on family vacation, minivan full of kids, and the kids are driving him crazy, and dad looks at mom and says, I'm killing them." And mom lets out one chuckle and then goes, oh, I think he means it this time. (laughs) Moses said to the Lord, just check out this defense, guys. Then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They've already heard that you, Lord, are with these people and that you, Lord, have, seen, have been seen face to face that your cloud stays over them, that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land. He promised them on oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. This is that moment when the wife looks at the husband and she goes, "Just, just so you know, take a breath. If you drown everyone in the minivan, my mother will get to say she was right about you for the rest of your life. So just think about it. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them just as you've asked Even God struggles with the gaps because he loves people and people are frustrating if you're not going to control them. And even God needed a friend to say, remember who you are. You are slow to anger, abounding in love, full of faithfulness. And God goes, okay, you're right, you're right and walks those people into the promised land. Do you have people around you that can remind you who you are? Because if God needed that, I'm vetting you do too. Here's, here's the thing, patience is faithfulness. Patience is faithfulness. It is being faithful in the gaps to neither control someone nor accept where they are. It is standing in the gap of saying where you are is not where you should be. But I am not going to force you either. I'm going to be faithful in the middle. There's a way to resolve the tension. Blow them off the face of the planet. Fix the tension. But God has to live with the gaps. I would say, though, Paul saying, be patient with everyone. The person that frustrates me the most with the gap is me. And I find that being patient with myself is the hardest person to be patient with. But if I'm supposed to be patient with everyone, I'm guessing I count is in everyone and i'm betting you count is in everyone too but here's the thing we are not in full agreement with ourselves we are not who we want to be and here's the thing we can't make ourselves into who we want to be we we can pretend to we can resolve the tension by thinking that we've arrived that there is no gap between who i want to be and who i am and that person have you met this person that just thinks they've arrived Do you like being around them? No, no, they're incredibly frustrating, right? Because they can't see that there's any progress to be made in their lives. Or, we can just accept where we are, and go, eh, this is where I am, eh, nowhere to go. I don't think that God calls us to be idle, warn those who are idle, warn those who are disruptive, who think that they've arrived, right? often he says, encourage the disheartened and the weak. Do you ever look at the gap between where you want to be and where you are and just feel like, I can't make any progress here? I cannot seem to close the gap. Where are you on that spectrum? Are you more, you don't even notice that there's a tension. Like, maybe you kind of feel like you've arrived? Or do you feel like that where you're at is just always kind of fine? Or do you see the gap and it feels heavy? I just want you to know that God is patient with you. And we, by His grace, can be patient with ourselves. God calls us to be patient with our own tension. In 1 Timothy, Apostle Paul's writing, and, uh, and he just gets caught up talking about this. I mean, he like, he kind of goes off the rails in this beautiful way. He says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul feels the tension between who he should be and who he is. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. See, Paul, Paul says that there is a massive gap between who he wishes he was and who he is. He tells himself the worst of sinners, but says that Jesus is patient with me. And that he talks about receiving God's mercy. See, there, there is more options than believing we've arrived Giving up or saying, I can't make the distance. I can't do it. The other option is to fall into the mercy of a God that wants to carry us. And in that, it becomes a sign to the world of the gospel. That the gospel is not about making ourselves into who we want to be. There is no psychological trick. There is no self-help formula that can turn me into the person that I want to be. And if I manage to fake myself into it, I've just become a picture of what's wrong with the world anyway. There's something better and it's receiving the mercy of God that is patient with you and we can be patient with ourselves. And in that, it's a sign to the world the mercy and grace of God. A passage that I've probably used more than maybe any other in preaching. And Jesus tells a story about the patience of God. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Can you imagine the gap that that creates, the tension that that creates in the heart of the father? But he doesn't control his son, interestingly, enough. He lets him go and lets his son break his heart. Not long after that, the younger son got uh, got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, so he began to be in need. The the gap is growing. The tension is getting stronger in the son's life. So he went out and hired himself out to a citizen of the country. This rich kid is going blue collar, right? Maybe he'll learn something working with his hands. He hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And finally, the tension becomes too much for the son. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him and said to his son, Father, the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Notice the father cuts him off, doesn't even finish, let him finish his speech. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The father could have said, no, you're not leaving. The father could have said, I'm going to hunt you down because I've heard things are hard where you are. I'm going to grab you by the wrist and drag you home. But instead, the father lives in the tension, standing at the edge of the road, eyes on the horizon, waiting for the son to come home. God is patient with you. And when we take the first step, he runs to us and walks us one step at a time, back to the house. The whole way, kisses, hugs, clothing us, feeding us, ready to throw a party. The son, though, learned something on the way back. He learned repentance. He learned being able to name the gaps in his own life, confess them to the Father, and receive forgiveness when we don't engage in repentance what we miss out on is receiving forgiveness and it helps in my life to name my own gaps can i just identify some of my own for you at least not the not some of the big ones just the ones i'm willing to tell all of you people about with me all right here's here's some gaps in in my life i am not good with discipline i'm not good with discipline in really any area of my life. And I can blame it on my personality, but that's not, um, that's not good enough, y'all. And that's, that creates some serious gaps in my life. I, I struggle with handling conflict. I can be all gas or all breaks when it comes to conflict. I can be all gas or all brakes. And that can challenge um, how I lead, that can challenge how I pastor, That can challenge friendships. Uh, And and lastly, um, I can can really not handle frustration with people well. I tend to write people off quickly. If there's a certain brand of frustration um, that I have with somebody, I'm just done. And that that doesn't sound like Jesus. Do, Do you have gaps in your own life? Let's just take a little bit of time. Um, when you came in, you were given a three-by-five card and a pen. Um, if you don't have one, you can go to the soundboard and grab one, and I would highly encourage that you, that you do that because you're going you're gonna to need it. So I'll give you a minute. Or you can stick your hand up in the air. I think we have somebody. Anybody need a three-by-five card and a pen? Got one over here. A couple folks. Okay, so if you would just draw a line. down the. Oh, we got one over here. Just draw a line down the middle of the three-by-five card. And on the right, still need one over, over here. Thanks, guys. On the right, would you answer this question? Who do you wish you were? might need to take this home, but this can be a good exercise over the week in prayer. On the left... Just with your eyes on that card, <coughs> Psalm 103 the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. For he knows how we're formed. He remembers that we are dust. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. Let's, uh, let's pray. and would you just offer whatever is on that card today as kind of as an act of repentance to God say lord i am not who i am supposed to be i'm sorry because of our deceitfulness or because of our pride, because of our laziness or because of our anger, whatever it is, God, we're sorry. And we thank you that you are patient with us and give us your mercy. Help us to be patient with ourselves. Not accepting the gap, but wanting to meet your mercy in it. God, we want you to walk us home one step at a time. Thank you, Jesus. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon.